0: everybody and welcome back to the hardcore gamer show our twice a month show for gamers made by gamers i'm your hardcore host michael Colville. it's sunday january 30th and joining me as always are vincent the man hand how are you today
1: vince i'm doing great oh man it is going to rain in an hour i'm so excited to be cozy
0: it is always raining in oregon so that doesn't surprise (laughs) me we just meet um, and...
1: where we're all at. I love it.
0: <laughs> we are the Northwest podcast from Oregon. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, also, here, also not presenting his beautiful hair, we've got Nathan Ludol. Pika, pika, pee, pika, pika, pee. How's it going? Uh, I don't know. Who's that Pokemon? <laughs> Um, we've got an absolute banger of a show today. Of course, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. We're introducing a new segment to the show. Stick around. And, of course, we'll finish up with some just great community questions this week. Uh, but first, it's a new month, and you know what that means. We've got a new game for our game club. Each month, we play a new game and vote to decide if the game can win our hardcore seal of approval. in our game club episode airing at the end of each and every month. Listeners, you can play along with us by subscribing on the podcast service of your choice, and you can get in on the discussion by joining us on Discord, or sending an email to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. This month, Nathan made the pick for our game of the month. Nathan, what are we playing? We are playing Pocket Traps Dodgeball Academia.
2: It is published by Humble Games, and it is a sports RPG.
0: Uh very cool, very cool. um, what uh made you pick this one, or how did it get uh kind of on your list
2: yeah i've um I was thinking about like just like a variety of different games to play for this month, and we have a bunch of big fricking releases coming out, you know, and I thought to myself I was like, okay, let's give a bump to maybe a release that didn't quite have its moment from the, this past year, so I decided to choose this. Based on some reviews I saw online, plus, like, it's, like, really cool kind of Cartoon Network art style it's got going for it.
0: Um, yeah, I, I am interested and intrigued by that art style. Um, looking forward to getting into that one. So be on the lookout for that Game Club episode at the end of this month. But the end of the month is so far away. Let's talk about our hardcore playlist. Uh, Vince,
1: what's been on your playlist? oh man i've been uh all right so i have uh, lovingly like a uh, marie kondo uh i have said goodbye and thank you to uh fallout 4 for now uh <laughs> it has served me well exploring the waste roaming the wasteland i got to the institute i did a few more story missions and i said no the story isn't actually very good right now so i'm gonna come back when i want to play fallout 4 um, I had some fun, but now I'm on to some new stuff, some new stories, and uh, one story that I love is uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I'm sorry to be copying Nathan, but I just <laughs> like I played through the first mission at the Mako Reactor. I played through a little bit of uh, Under the Plate. Um, I'm currently roaming around with Tifa again. It just feels so good on the PS5. I had to give this game another play uh, because what I really want to do is play this game on hard mode because you can bring in all of your equipment from your previous playthrough to hard mode. And I just like can't, in good conscience, like load up my old save file from right before fighting Sephiroth like at the end of seven remake, and like try to bring that in because like I don't want to play the last boss first and then restart the game. So I am just going to play the whole thing through on casual. I'm going to grind it out and uh, then switch to hard mode at the end there. Have a real fun time. He's actually, like, forgetting to state, it's the lure of Tifa. Don't, don't. (laughs) Listen, I, I, uh, I love the Sopranos. I love Italians. Tifa is Italian. (laughs) We all know this. Um, Yeah, Um, it's it's great.
0: Yeah, uh, that's cool. So that's... um that's some high praise for this game because uh i think if i'm right this is yeah your your second time through and uh mm. i think you played the first time through uh what on on base ps4 version yeah right so yeah. uh like last
1: I, year like almost a year ago
0: and and how uh how is it uh comparing with uh, that upgrade now are, are you having a
1: better experience is it mostly the same it is uh incredible i i almost almost want to switch it to fidelity mode just to see all of the bits but uh, the game has this really wonderful function where it shows you a little uh spinning icon with a chocobo to show you what the difference between like fidelity and performance frame rate looks like oh that's and nice boy oh boy i cannot in good conscience uh pick fidelity after seeing the frame rate of that chocobo icon um I, you know, I understand, right? We live Vince in man. You're, you're
0: starting to get it, Vince. I think you're starting to get it. Frames are final.
1: I, I just you shouldn't have to pick. Is my big issue. Um, I bought this damn PS5. <laughs> it took so long. I should be able to pick both, but you know. And as it, will, it is uh, s6 is right around the corner right yeah jesus it'll cost the same um <laughs> i'm having a great time playing it uh it looks great it plays great battles are fun quick easy um i'm right back into the swing of things i'm pressing guard more thank goodness um and uh i'm enjoying final fantasy 7 remake for a second time
0: very cool very cool Um, glad to hear you're enjoying that worth revisiting Um, But you've got another RPG that I'm interested on your list. Tell me about this other one and maybe how it compares to uh, some other RPGs and other action games that we've played before.
1: Yeah, so if you've been a listener, uh, you know that I've maybe started about seven RPGs in the last two months uh, because (laughs) I'm a fool. Um, But I started Disco Elysium. I started it because I uh, started it a couple times and got like a couple hours in um and just sort of like lost the thread or maybe it was too uh wordy for me at the time and i think the issue was what i wanted to do is i wanted to share it with someone i wanted to share it with megan shout out megan i love you um and you know because sharing video games is fun um but sort of like waiting for all the narration to pass making sure that all of the info was got by both of us uh, became a little tricky i said you know what i'm just going to play this by myself I'm having a really wonderful time because I'm finally like slipped into the story so much that I'm making decisions based on like the stats that I rolled for myself, which is like high strength and high like supernatural um, acuity and like very low intelligence and very low like uh, reflexes basically. So I'm playing like himbo twin peaks.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's that's cool. Um yeah, Disco Elysium one that uh I tried yeah, maybe like the first hour of and bounced off of, but um I've heard that uh you know, kind of getting in more and more and leveling up your your specific traits uh is really interesting. Are you are you deep in enough yet where uh y- yeah, it sounds like you're kind of a low intelligence, uh, high strength character. Are you are you having fun like role playing that?
1: Yeah, totally. I'm picking fights and I'm uh, calling people out on their bad vibes. It's uh, really, really fun uh, because, you know, I can I can use my own personal intelligence outside of the character to make deductions and like not fall down like obvious traps. Um, But one of the uh, skills I've slotted into is a uh, sort of physical skill called uh, shivers or shiver. And it's basically like your connection towards the city of uh, Martinez or Revichol. Um, And I had this really, really wonderful moment um, where I could like recognize the city like deep in my bones. And the narration on Disco Elysium, the final cut, is gorgeous. It's like almost fully voice acted. Um, I think it may be fully voice acted. Um, and it's uh, incredible. Uh, hearing all of these phrases and people talking, kind of getting goaded on. I'm just sitting like chuckling to myself while I'm listening to this deep bassy voice, like egging me on to pick the worst possible decision for myself. There was a section where I was recalling the neighborhood I used to live and one of the dialogue options was, uh, where the hood, where the hood, where the hood at? And I was like, you know what? Like, that's dumb. Like, I'm probably going to get punished for saying it. It, I'm gonna say it. Like I and I picked it like waiting to be punished and the game responded with got a brother in the cut where the wood at, and I was like, oh my god! <laughs> the, so yes, I'm having a ton of fun with Disco Elysium. I'm really like getting into my like spooky, spooky cop zone playing that game.
0: Very cool. Um yeah, I definitely want to give that another shot with uh, the final cut and the voice acting. Um but Nathan, to change gears just a little bit, um, tell me about some of the games you've been playing. I know you've got uh, you've got a big one there. Start start with uh, your first one because uh, I'm excited about both. Uh, but I want to hear about your experience playing some Plague Tale. Yeah, so I'll, I'll
2: kind of briefly go with this one just because I've only like just started it, and the second game I got playing. I've got a good amount to say about. But okay. I have started Plague Tale Innocence, uh, which is the PS5 version. This game's cool. I, You know, it, it's basically a narrative third-person adventure um, or whatever you want to call it, stealth game, where you're, you know, uh, playing as... Is it or Amaki, uh, Amicia or Amicia? Amicia, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, so you're playing Amicia, and <laughs> you are going through medieval I think it's France I think yeah. yeah medieval France with your little brother trying to get basically point A to point B across the countryside um I've only started I think the first hour of it or so pretty brutal right out the gates I was like pretty shocked by like what I was shown. I was like oh this game is not messing around whatsoever um but yeah i'm really excited for it i it's gorgeous i think like running at like 60 fps on my ps5 and it just is the really great looking game from a small double a studio which makes me even more excited for the sequel that's coming
0: yeah awesome um yeah that uh plague tail sets its tone uh very quickly uh right at the beginning of the game you've got um the death of your family dog and uh that's like the worst thing ever, right? <laughs> but I, um
2: I, I have a feeling it was gonna happen. Like right, it was a girl, I was like, oh that no, he he's not in
1: any of the trailers. This is not yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't see it in the trailers, then you know they're not built to last. <laughs> exactly. This dog
0: is not in the trailers, but I know a f ton of rats are, so mm-hmm. something something bad is coming. Yeah, um I'm I'm excited to hear that you're playing that one. Um, one that I was, uh, yeah, already impressed with, uh, like the visuals and the voice acting on the original release, and I, I think uh, the next gen patches, uh, you know, make it shine even better. But we've got a few more games to touch on. Let's not waste any time. It looks like you're playing a new big release. Why don't you tell me some about Pokemon Legends Arceus?
2: Yeah. So this game on the other. F- side of the coin maybe not so graphically and clean as a plague tale is even though it's from a you know big studio um i w- I won't waste time i'll like jump right into i think the most glaring stuff that i think a lot of people have noticed about this game um this thing can be ugly as hell <laughs> like when you're walking across the landscape it a lot of the textures for like the hills and like just some of the water effects this looks like a like gamecube era like like N sixty four game at times and it's baffling when you're like like going across like, oh, this is like supposed to be kind of a breath of the wild adventure, right? Yeah if you're, you know, running on a frickin' Windows like XP computer, I suppose, but whatever. Um uh, <laughs> I I I don't know. Yeah, so that's that's not great. The frame rate at times can be like pretty choppy. Like it's not a lock thirty FPS, which why Why not at this point? Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, same stuff with every Pokemon game. The tutorial, like, is, like, too long, like, before you can actually get into the meat and bones of it.
0: So I, I've certainly heard that uh, kind of the intro is a little bit of a slog, and some of the visuals are kind of less than impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. But... Are there some shining points to this game? Is it a change up to the formula that's worth kind of looking into?
2: Well, here, here's... That's kind of where the negativity stops for me personally. Um, as soon as, like, you start, like, catching and battling Pokemon, like, the magic just freaking starts, man. Like, I, this is the best Pokemon I've ever looked in at in a game, honestly. Outside of maybe, like, Pokken or whatever, you know? In a traditional, like, Pokemon RPG game, the Pokemon, like actually act and look like animals um you can like you know when you're walking around the areas and you see like some of them some of them are just like kind of walking around you know doing the thing some of them are like just asleep or they're like occasionally interacting with other pokemon at times and it's like holy cow these are actually living breathing creatures other and not just like you know and shield where they just pop up out of nowhere and be like hey you want to battle um (laughs) yeah no and then getting down to like the catching and bow mechanics it's you know when you're catching it you're basically aiming like you would a um like a shooter kind of and you throw the ball and you're either trying to stealthily like grab it or you're trying to initiate a battle if you can grab it first that makes things a lot easier but you know depending on the level and like type of pokemon you're trying to get it can be more difficult and that's that's kind of where like it starts like snowballing like the battle system is really fun now because it has like on top of like it's like the try and true pokemon battle system it has the agility and strong effects that you can add to a lot of your moves which adds another layer because not only can your pokemon use it your enemy pokemon can use it and that can like trip you up sometimes especially if you're trying to like you know get them down to catch them now nowhere they you know this like giant magikarp decides to just like ruin your day it very well (laughs) can (laughs) and it has for me um alpha magikarp just bodying you just i get giant like especially if it's like an alpha like so in this game they have these things called alpha pokemon which are giant versions of this and those things will ruin your day like straight up they're just like giant sized like pokemon they're just roaming the countryside waiting for you to like mess around with it. And so, yeah, I've been bodied by, like, a Lola Lullabunny, uh, by the, um... I, I don't even know, a Hippominus, and, like, just, like, ridiculous stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's no voice acting, right? Because, like, and that's, like, what everybody's been complaining for a long time. But, like, at its core, like, when I am just, like, roaming, catching Pokemon, maybe doing some side quests, and, like, you know, battling, this is the closest thing a Pokemon... Like feeling wise has given me since first booting up my Game Boy color for Pokemon Red.
0: Awesome. That's um that's really cool to hear. Um it sounds like uh despite some of maybe the disappointing like world elements overall, I guess. Uh it sounds like they, they did like give a lot of care and love to like the individual Pokemon and kind of the interactions there and uh, like you said, their look and animations. So and the Pokemon are really the the heart and soul of the game, right? So it, it sounds Truly. like kind of kind of the most important elements are there and exciting.
1: Um,
0: so that's uh, that's encouraging, and uh, I definitely will am interested in that one. You know, I was kind of like waiting by the sidelines, like, is this should should we be excited about this one? Is it, it going to turn? It was a out? risky
1: bet when they released that uh, footage. I was like, whoa, wait. So sorry, you're adding like essentially shooter mechanics to a pokemon and making like the crux of the game exploration like okay i guess we'll see i think we were all just waiting in the discord for those like early reviews to drop it's like uh reviews are exceptional
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) can we be excited about a
1: pokemon don't like
2: you know and it's the thing is like i think you're gonna get out of it what based on like what you get out of pokemon in general as a franchise Like, Mm -hmm. you know, go in, if you love the little animals and love battling and love, like, catching Pokemon, this is your jam. It's,
0: like, through and through. Very cool. Very cool. Um, We're running a little short on time for this section, so I will just quickly mention uh, one that I've been playing. One that I was surprisingly impressed with, actually, and that's Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh this is the new one from Ubisoft Montreal just released on Game Pass. That's how I've been playing it. And this game is actually very impressive to me. Um the graphics look great. Uh the sound design is fantastic. There's all of these beautiful and perfect like alien squishes and squelches. Your your main enemies are like these parasitic alien guys um and uh it's been a lot of fun i think 3 people is a really fun like squad number to go in with and uh there's kind of a number of different different objectives that might have you um sneaking up to uh you know plant like these trackers on these alien nests or or maybe take out a certain target um and then you've got this cool mechanic where you can go down and then the operator that you had chosen to play as might go uh MIA and you then you might have to retrieve that operator in a second mission with another character um so it's got a, it's got a few cool like self-referential interactions like that 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 I think are actually pulled off pretty well and pretty impressively you know I didn't I I'm not a Rainbow Six player I had pretty much no expectations going into this game um, but getting in there, I've actually found it to be a lot of fun and um, just a very high production value that I I was impressed by. Um, I you we all have uh, got in there as a
1: as a three man group um, and it was a lot of fun. It's hard. <laughs> it, is it is fun, hard. but it is hard because uh, I, I have no experience with Rainbow Six either. Um, so I was like, okay, cool. It's a shooter. It's like, well, it's a uh, shooting is the communication but it's a little <laughs> bit more than that and uh yeah we've been uh humbled a few times i remember uh the day we first picked it up i was like okay there goes an operator and like here i go to get that operator and okay there goes that operator yeah. and yeah. you need to wait for <laughs> operators to heal you need to wait for operators to uh get more stuff it's a really interesting uh, style of gameplay and i look forward to playing more i bet this thing has a lot of legs
0: yeah, um there's a there's definitely a little bit of a learning curve, um but once you've identified a couple of the objective types, um you can end up in some really cool situations where you're like, oh, "Okay, this is like a defensive one. Let's now before before we activate it since we know this is a defensive one that starts once we activate it. Let's get into that room. Let's put up some of our like barriers and and bar up this window and then start um so you you can do you know, that's where some of, like, the Rainbow Six uh, mechanics play in. Um, and that's, that one's been a lot of fun. So if, if you're on Game Pass, for sure, uh, worth checking out. All right, we have got a new segment to introduce. Game endings fixed. <laughs> uh, endings are hard. Uh, A good ending can make up for an otherwise unremarkable middle section, and a bad ending can completely sour an otherwise great experience. Uh, With this segment, I wanted to give us a chance to fix any endings we think should have been different. Um, Each gamer will present their version of an ending from any game they want to fix, whether that includes gameplay changes, narrative changes, um, to, to any degree that they feel is necessary. Uh and uh the other two will say whether the new ending is better or worse is the ending fixed or worse than than before (laughs) um (laughs) this will obviously be a spoiler heavy section uh so if you hear us start talking about a game you don't want spoiled uh skip ahead um i'm gonna try to break up this section by game in the show notes so check there for sure Um, but let's go ahead and get right into it. I will go first to sort of get us started and set the tone here. Um, my first game ending that I'm going to attempt to fix is, uh, Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Aww. Um, I think that Breath of the Wild should have ended in a giant mech battle. Now, stick with me here. Um... If you heard me say that and just gasped or said what, stick with me. We p- spend this whole game um, fighting the, the giant beasts, right? Um, and then the game ends with a fight against Calamity Ganon and riding our horse and shooting arrows at him again. Um, this, is, this is treaded ground. You know, we've been here. Where is Link's chance to control one of the giant beasts? Climb into a giant mech and face off with Calamity Ganon that way, huh? Mm-hmm. That, I think that would have been a much cooler ending to that game. So now I ask you guys: Is game ending fixed?
1: Yeah. Uh, Link get in the ancient beast, or Zelda will have to get in the ancient beast. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's see it, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm all about <laughs> a mobile suit Hylian. Uh, running at Ganon, uh, full force. Uh, I, you know, cause you get the horse in the DLC, right? It's a motorcycle, but we call it a horse. It's his ancient machine, ancient beast. What are those called? I cannot remember. Um, but
0: yeah, yeah. The ancient
1: beast, I think that's right. Divine beasts. Divine beast. That sounds better. Let's go with it. (laughs) Great. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, give a big like laser master sword, uh, give me a shield that when I like slam it on the ground, it does like AOE effect. Uh, let me, let me fight Ganon one-on-one, like in a hundred foot tall kaiju battle. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That sounds, that sounds great. Um, so yeah, that game was, you know, almost perfect, almost a good game, but uh, that ending,
1: game!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, what do you think? Is that, is that Does that fix the game having a giant mech battle at the end?
2: Bro, throw in some uh neon Evangelion like overlay with like him going into the mech and some of that music, and I- I'm here for it. Yeah, why not?
1: Yeah, Honestly, see- I think they have the setup for it. Since you do all those flashbacks anyway, all you need is some of that like real like real hyper fast Kula effect from uh NGE, where like you see some of Link's trauma, Link holding a teddy bear, watching the King of Hyrule swing from a rafter or something
0: oh man incredible and the details that you guys added honestly just made it even better than i had even originally (laughs) anticipated so there we go this segment is starting
1: off great one game already fixed already fixed (laughs) yeah definitely Um, didn't launch the switch into stardom until we added a mech (laughs) um so there you have it
0: that is my first pick nathan I'll swing it over to you first here. What is uh, the first game that you're gonna try to fix?
2: Yeah, I'll do the obvious one um, that everybody talks about. Uh, Mass Effect three. Here's the thing. So here's what I propose, because like people like kind of are don't love that you get like the choices at the end, right? And they're kind of wrap it up so nicely. So I say just like, you know, bazooka the reapers into like oblivion. Um, while keeping Geth and Edie in the AI. So whatever, however that works, whatever. So you, you kill all the Reapers. But afterwards, in kind of the similar style to like what Citadel proposes, I say, because of how horny Mass Effect as a series is, Shepard goes into a giant orgy with all of his crewmates oh my uh, <laughs> that are still alive. And just the game ends in just this uh, giant montage of you banging every single crewmate and
1: every orifice stuffed. To oblivion.
0: Vance, mm. mm. okay. is game ending fixed?
1: Well, uh, something is fixed here, uh, but I'm not sure that I love it. I, uh, I gotta say, ending the the series in a uh, huge transcendental sex scene seems like one of those like hidden endings that you should get if you were like playing all of the Mass Effect games and somehow like were able to romance every single crew member. You see, I don't know because I don't know that that solves the universe's problems, and also, would Shepard still be alive for this? Because if we're we're sticking with, like, close to the original ending, like, I don't know. Okay, yeah, fine, then have all the other crewmates bang each other. <laughs> As see, a,
0: yeah, a, memorial, a memorial <laughs> orgy <laughs> for Shepard. That's what Shepard
1: would I, want. I feel a little more <laughs> sentimentality there. Um, maybe instead of a uh, huge crew uh, menage, a, uh, I don't know what the French word for 87 is, but <laughs> one of those, uh, maybe maybe something a little more on the lines of where you can actually have Shepherd be a human being outside of being a specter. Is something that I would have liked to have seen in Mass Effect in general, but also like probably a really fitting ending for the game if you're allowed to finally like live your life peacefully.
0: Um, Nathan, you had me in the first half for sure. Uh, I
1: (laughs) we love blowing up Reapers. I love the part
0: where all of the Reapers die. Um, If my choices weren't really going to matter anyway, might as well just be a cool badass, you know, hero moment for Shepard.
2: You don't think it's a Baz hero moment, just, you know, plowing and gang plowed by all of your <laughs> brothers and sisters on
1: the crew. And folks, we're so sorry. We just lost Nathan's audio there. We don't know what <laughs> happened.
0: All right. So that's another one down. Maybe not uh, quite as dynamite as a mech <laughs> at the end of Breath of the Wild, but this section is going great so far, Vince.
1: I'm going to swing it over to you now. It's your turn. Uh, Show us what you got. All right. I'll tell you what's what. Um, So you're playing Bloodborne, right? You've been playing Bloodborne for 30 hours because you're not very good at it, and you're finally able to get to the end of the game. You're facing off against that dude with the big scythe. And uh, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, you haven't been doing all the things to get the actual ending of the game. Um which is fighting uh, the moon spirit or whatever the name is, the the final emissary. Um, and uh, even if you do do all the things to get to that ending, uh, you get turned into a squid. You get turned into a little cephalopod uh, placed gently in the arms of a doll. And that's it for you. That's it for your character. You can do a new game plus. I say BS to that. I say new squid game plus. Here's what What? happens. You play as that emissary. You play as the big tentacled beings and you get like a boss rush where all of your damage is dialed up to like the level of a boss, you know? Mm. Um, I think that would fix the ending. This is sort of kind of like the mech situation except you get to run through the game of Bloodborne again. You get to go through the hunter's dream and just destroy Yarnum. I think that would be a pretty fitting ending considering how Yarnum destroyed me for 30 hours. (laughs) Uh, I, you know, I like it. I like it. How about this?
0: How about this? New Squid Games Plus. You wake up,
1: you're in the Squid Games. Nah, see, I, (laughs) I put in New Squid Game Plus as an homage to Squid Game. You're really putting a hat on top of my hat here, Michael. (laughs) <laughs> all right all right no hats on top of hats yeah please this isn't team fortress 2
0: um no i obviously am on board with this ending uh it kind of reminds me of my giant Mac and breath the <laughs> wild ending so this is getting a thumbs up for me i say this is better nathan you
2: know, i'm here for tentacles and
1: you mentioned tentacles so yeah that's a key word for me so i'm in listeners i'm so sorry something must be wrong with nathan's <laughs> mic we lost his audio again <laughs>
0: Alright, uh, that brings things back to me, and let me tell you about another game ending that I would fix. We're going all the way back to Super Mario 64. Uh, The end to this game, how it uh, naturally plays out, is uh, you save Princess Peach, Uh, she shows up in front of the castle, Uh, what do you get for all of your trouble that you've been through, um, murdering Goombas and fighting Koopa Kids and Bowser all over the place? A kiss on the nose and the promise of a cake. Wow, great. Uh, I've saved you 63 other times already and I get a kiss on the nose? No, Super Mario 64. Should have ended with the Mario Peach wedding that we've all been waiting for. Obviously, this guy's got a crush on you. He saved you 64 times now. Give the guy a break, huh? He obviously Mm -hmm. uh, isn't a man of many
1: words, but I think we all know what's going on in his mind. And he wants more than that kiss on the nose. He wants a ring. He wants a promise. And actually, Michael, I love this ending because then it ties very nicely. You can make Super Mario Odyssey a direct sequel to Super Mario
0: 64. There you go. Weddings are a big theme over there. Bowser's trying to get his. Uh, Mario could say, no, 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 no. I already have the paperwork. We already (laughs) already have the the license. We already have messy
1: divorce (laughs) that's prepping for Mario Odyssey 2. Yeah. Oh, you're going to pay for my annulment, Bowser? Is that what you're going to do? No, no, no. It's my wedding day. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I like it. I like uh, the idea of uh, an ending to Super Mario 64 instead of a thanks for playing the game. Although, you know, if you've played Mario 64, you know that the thanks enough is for playing the game. (laughs) Uh, Nathan, where do you weigh
0: in on this? Is this better? Is this worse? Oh, I think it's better. I, I...
2: Yeah, no. I uh, Mario had to literally go through I think like two molten fire levels where so like, you know, on top of like his boots melting, like he's probably getting a lot of chafing and that's just like, <laughs> you know, why well, go through the uncomfortable experience if the person that you love is not reciprocating that love?
0: Exactly. Exactly. But
1: you don't know uh you don't know uh how that cake tastes. You don't that is is true. Are are we metaphorically
0: or are we literally? (laughs) (laughs) And Nathan's audio (laughs) one more time. Uh all right. So pretty good. Pretty good. Nathan, uh back to you. Give me your second ending and how would you fix it?
2: Yeah, I um this is more of like a serious one, I guess, but I was thinking of Batman Arkham Asylum because that game is pretty much perfect up until that last like boss fight with Joker because the entire time you know you have like all these villains kind of screwing with Batman this like closed claustrophobic space you know Scarecrow's like you know uh, doing all the hallucinatory like stuff with you and those like freak you out and then Joker's also playing mind games throughout too Except for the last like boss fight, where he turns into like the Hulk and like he comes at you, like what the heck? Like how are you gonna have all these like mind games playing and then settle it with brute force? So I suggest Joker, I, I pump Batman up with drugs one more la- one more time, and then have a sore, of hallucinatory boss fight akin to something that um, Scarecrow does, but maybe even expand on that into a wider area and does that end with batman waking up like in his drawers like on the ground like with police like are you all right like (laughs) i don't know bruce something what are
1: you doing wearing batman's cape
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they this he's there but they still can't put it together Mm -hmm.
1: uh Um, yeah i think this this very much fits into our like let's get that final boss right you know i think a lot of the similar themes we find in like game endings that we didn't love is that you know what you want out of a great film out of a great uh game out of a great story is a worthwhile climax and if uh you're shown boss fights and fights in general like throughout the game you know that bane fight was pretty nice uh the mr freeze and you know all the others throughout the series are like well coordinated using the stage and using themes uh it really does suck that like the joker fight right at the end is mostly like you're fighting the biggest brute that you've fought so far.
0: Yeah. I'm with you, Nathan, especially thinking about the other bosses in that game. Like poison Ivy feels like, Oh, this is like the poison Ivy boss fight. Uh, Bane, you know, he's got the, the mechanics of like, Oh, I need to disconnect his, uh, his boost, whatever his drugs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) his steroid things. Um and then yeah, that Joker fight is like, is does this feel like a Joker fight? Not really. Um, I kinda like that idea of like give him maybe more of like an expanded final area that's like Joker has like taken his time to set this up as like his area or or something along those lines there. Joker's
1: nightclub, Joker's Hall of Mirrors kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that is a good fix. I'm gonna say better, better, better early um vince i will give you our final fix of the segment mm-hmm. what is your game and how are you fixing the
1: ending i'm fixing uh psychonauts the first psychonauts i'm fixing that Ooh. ending meat circus more like meet me out back for a psychic showdown <laughs> yeah i oh, i hated the meat circus for most of my childhood and uh Quite a few years of my adulthood. Uh, I, I really, really don't like that area. Uh, escort missions are always a drag, but it's really hard to um, try to manage a uh, escort mission, a uh, really like very there platforming challenge, as well as fighting uh, your own <laughs> bad guys, right? Uh, all to get little baby Ollivander to pick up a bunny. Um, here's what I suggest. It's a very simple fix. Um, Take out the uh, single room escort and uh, change it to escort encounters. You can switch this up either by stages, you go to different uh, tents in the circus and you have to clear that escort mission there uh, or that escort encounter for a brief moment. Instead of just one big tower that you must climb and on every floor you need to get off and help little Ollie Uh, and he can't get hit too much. And he like, you know, he goes to the next area with the same amount of health as he had from before. So, you know, if you're like me, you're on the third area with like a sliver of health because you can't keep these like bunnies from fighting that kid. It doesn't work for me. So I say, take the circus, split it up into a couple different tents. Make it uh, so that if you want that hard platforming challenge, you can really like, you know, duke it out. You can like have different themes, rail grinding in one place, trapeze artist in another place, some levitation ball bouncing in another place. Because, you know, that was tricky platforming back then. I think you would create a better ending for a game where you're using all of the platforming skills that you have used throughout the other levels instead of just this stupid, awful escort mission right at the end of the damn game Mm -hmm. um yeah (sighs) i have a lot of feelings
0: (laughs) (laughs) obviously and uh you know i i think i'm with you there i think that's a really smart way um to keep a lot of what's there but it's like maybe go ahead and break this up a little bit or give me some more checkpoints or uh, yeah, just kind of break it up differently so that I'm not playing this
1: impossible mission that I've never actually beat because it's not worth it. (laughs) Um, And then you get a boss fight and you know, a boss fight at the end of a game is great. And a boss fight at the end of the meat circus is the perfect icing on the cake. um, Nathan, is this game ending fixed? So
2: I've actually never played Psychonauts all the way through to the end, but just based on principle of PS two Xbox, original Xbox era, escort slash defense missions and flashbacks to when I was trying to defend that boss fight in God of War, where you're trying to defend your uh your wife and your daughter and how much I freaking hated that, I can't help but empathize with Vince and agree that yes, anything outside of an escort mission or a defense mission i will 100 percent go with
0: totally very, very nice there you have it folks those are some game endings fixed um with a period at the end we fixed them yeah they're um, done
1: <laughs> now you can play the games because we made them better especially um, breath of the wild a historically bad game <laughs>
0: Uh, If you've got an idea of an ending that you would like fixed, uh, let us know. Give us a shout-out. We want to hear your ideas. You can send that to hgzgameclub at gmail.com or hop on our Discord where we're having fun discussions about games all the time. Enjoying the show? Take a minute to let us know. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify on mobile. Or you can send us your thoughts to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. Want to be a member of our community? Join us on Discord to get in on the discussion and have your thoughts or questions featured on the show. Speaking of, let's get back to it. All right, guys. That brings us to our final section of this show, community questions. We've got some great questions from the community here. I'm going to read them to you guys gonna tell me what you think how are you going to answer them first up we've got clown boy who asks hey gamers have you ever been in a gaming slump and just don't know what to play how do you get out of it that is a great question clown boy I think there is always a time in a gamer's life where you're maybe in a slump and don't know what to play Um, Vince you ever been in a slump how do you get out of something like that
1: oh yeah totally It's hard. Uh, It's difficult uh, when you're like trying something and it just doesn't click or you're like, I could put in a few more hours to try, but is it going to be worth it? And uh, maybe you just can't pick something. That is when I return to my tried and true classic, classic, one of my favorite games to play, infinite replayability. I'm talking about Enter the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon is a game that makes me think about games. It is a game that makes me think about playing games. And it's a game that makes me think about playing Enter the Gungeon because it's so much fun. All the weapons are essentially references to other media tie-ins, properties, games, etc. You can pick up a controller like a D-pad gun. And if you uh, do a Hadouken, like if you move your character in like a quarter circle, um, you can fire off a Hadouken. And uh, it is worth the time. It is worth the effort. Uh, I say return to your tried and true. Something that you like to play or something that you like to play before. Go back to it. Give it another shot. Form a new opinion or say, you know what this reminds me of and play that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great answer. I think we've talked a little bit on the show before about kind of comfort food games. Um, and uh, I think that's a great tactic to sort of get over a slump is maybe just... Maybe just get back into something that uh, you know you enjoy, that you know you're going to, you know, find some comfort, some coziness in. Uh, Nathan, do you agree?
2: Yeah, no, I um I, I like that um, a lot, actually, because, like, you know, every once in a while, especially within the last two years, it's nice to go to something familiar that maybe can, like, help us through a gaming slump or just a hard point in our life. And, yeah, I
0: wholeheartedly agree with that philosophy. And uh, the last thing that I would add is, uh, and maybe this is heresy on the Hardcore Gamer Show, but maybe try something other than a game. You know, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of other things, plenty of other media uh, to consume, be it a book or TV show. Um, that can also sometimes get you in the right headspace to jump back into a game later. So I'll even
1: but, add that you can go outside, you can touch some grass, you can go on a walk. Well, hey now. Leave the screen. I dare you. You
2: won't. I'll I'll have one more thing too, is that sometimes like when I'm like trying to figure out a next game to play, I will go to YouTube and look at some of my favorite favorite gaming YouTubers and like hearing them talk very positively about either a game they've just experienced or one of their favorite games makes me either want to play that game or just like check it out. So, you know when in doubt, go YouTube.
0: There you have it, Clown Boy. A few ways to get over that slump. Next question. We've got listener Kevin E. who says, Last time I wrote in, I nearly broke the gamers apart with my question about toast. Now I return with a question of similar caliber. What's the best way to prepare grilled cheese? All right, Uh, listen, Kevin. It is going to... it is going to take a little more than a question about bread to break the gamers apart. We are smart over here, which is why I know that everybody's got the same answer to this already. It's multiple pieces of cheese uh, grilled with mayonnaise instead of butter on your bread, uh, cut in half and dipped in tomato soup. Uh, obviously, you guys agree. Vince, you... You are going to start.
1: You actually did just say basically what I was going to say. I was going to say, get yourself a nice soft bread, uh, slather it, slather it with mayonnaise. That's going to be your fat. That is going to get nice and crispy in your pan. It is going to make the edges. Oh, so, so good. Get you some cheddar, get you some Swiss. If you're feeling some provolone, get you some provolone. If you have some gruyere, you must add it. Um, (laughs) And let it drip from the sides. Overstuff that thing, you know. You're gonna want a grilled cheese with a little bit of a crispy edge. Um, tomato soup, I say. Hey, if that's your bag, go for it. I personally like it. If we're at, if we're talking tomato soup, a little Parmesan right in the middle. Uh, maybe some goldfish in it. If you're feeling so frisky,
0: yeah, man. I think you nailed it. Oh boy, Vince, you're making me hungry over here, <laughs> uh, Nathan. Uh, you a cheddar boy or are you a
1: craft singles man?
2: First
0: off, mayonnaise, you bunch of
2: crazy ass white people out here. Uh-huh. I don't even
1: know because we keep it in the fridge. Okay, Nathan. okay,
2: uh huh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Whatever you know, I, I call me old fashioned. I go for butter, even like butter. Now, now let me ask you this. Let me
0: ask you this. Have you tried it with mayo?
2: Oh. That's all my girlfriend eats anything with is mayonnaise. <laughs> so yeah, I've tried it with mayo. And I'm still not on board with this. Whatever. Bunch of weird asses. <laughs> um, I, I will add. So apart from the exterior, since we seem to disagree on that, um, the only thing I would add to my interior is I like to add a little bit of a protein sometimes. So I'll put in some like turkey meat or something, kind of make it like a melted, uh, like a patty melt or something. Something mm-hmm. akin to that. So not quite grilled cheese, but like something, you know, not something in between. Protein at your discretion,
1: gamers.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, add protein if you like. That's how Katie likes it. A slice of turkey in there as well. And I think that's a good way to eat it and enjoy your grilled cheese. So there you have it, Kevin E. Gamers are still together. You've been thwarted this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Collector Ken writes in and writes what's up gamers I know a lot of people buy digital now but I still like to have a physical collection of my games and other things Uh, I even have a few steelbook cased video games my steelbook copy of Halo 2 is my favorite do you guys have a favorite collector's edition or other piece of gaming memorabilia Nathan I'll go back to you first uh, do you have any uh, physical collections and uh, do you have a favorite piece that uh, you like to show off maybe?
2: Call me out from the very beginning, that's fair because I have an unhealthy obsession with physical collections actually <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, I collect everything from movies to video games to Funko Pops and everything in between so yes my house is a literal storage shed thank you very <laughs> much um, mm-hmm. I, I, I do have a couple of like, stuff I have a steelbook for Stone of 5 Royal that I really like um, that's on my shelf as well. That's on my bookshelf. It's gorgeous, honestly. Yeah. I, I really like that. I also just, like... I have a lot of, like, physical stuff of, like... Either out of print or stuff that's hard to get now. Um, Like, a lot of, like, older Nintendo titles. Like, like Thousand Year Door. And, like... Some, like, now PS3 era titles. Like, just because you can't access them. We'll see if Spartacus changes that. But, uh... Last time I checked, you know... That Sly Cooper you know collections going for like 70 plus so let's hold out baby
0: <laughs> very cool yeah nathan i know that you've got uh, actually a lot of physical items but uh yeah there's something kind of cool about having like a limited piece right mm-hmm. uh, vince do you got some cool gaming memorabilia or collectors edition that uh, that you really like and are proud of
1: Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, I first want to open this up and say, if you want to support indie developers by buying their physical stuff, I would not suggest Fangamer more. They have a lot of cool stuff. They do a lot of shirts, prints, yada, yada. Uh, That is how I got my uh, Hollow Knight brooch from the Hollow Knight Collector's Physical Edition. Uh, It is the knight in a beautiful uh, insignia. It's supposed to sit on a, a little stand, I do not use it in the little stand. I have affixed it to a, a bulletin board uh, in my workspace, uh, and it gazes upon me lovingly. Also at my desk, I have a uh, a little vinyl statuette of B from uh, Night in the Woods, a little uh, blue crocodile, little goth crocodile with a cigarette sitting right next to me, kind of commiserating in how much work sucks. Um, also at my desk is my physical copy of Omori, uh, that physical soundtrack, uh, so I can listen to World's End Valentine in my car whenever I please.
0: Very cool. Those those items sound very cool. Yeah. Um, I uh, am mostly digital as far as my games and movies, but I have recently started collecting some game vinyls, uh, which I think are really cool now. Um, I would probably say maybe one that I'm most happy with. Um, You guys can see right behind me is my vinyl of Junebug. Uh, It's a few songs um, from and additional songs that weren't in uh, Kentucky Route Zero. Um, and this one, uh, I got it from I Am 8-Bit, a website that does sort of limited run collaborations uh, with some indie games and such. And this one was actually out of its run, and I got it from another uh, a reseller. Um, so I'm feeling pretty happy and pretty lucky to have gotten one um, out of sort of the main run. And that, I think, kind of makes it even cooler, like I mentioned earlier, having, like, you know one of a certain number of ones that are out there it's it's limited not everybody can find it and i think that adds you know value for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um all right let's go ahead and jump into our next question here we've got robert barker who writes in and asks all right gamers i come to you with a new game the metacritic score is right Now, the rules are simple. I've included a list of games. Each contestant will try to guess as close to the current Metacritic score for that title without going over. Whoever is closest wins a point. Uh, (laughs) So I've got the list of games here with their Metacritic scores. Do those rules make sense to you guys? Yeah, yes. You've seen the prices, right? You know what we're doing here. Um, let's jump right into it. Robert knows the gamers. He's his first, uh, game here that you guys are going to guess is Persona 5 Royal. Uh, what is the Metacritic score? Vince, I'll give you the first chance to guess here. You're trying to get as close as possible without going over.
1: Close as possible without going over. I'll say it with my whole heart. Uh, 98.
0: 98, he says. Nathan, what do you think? I don't think it's 98 because... um, I'm going to say 93. 93. Okay. The current Metacritic score for Persona 5 Royal is 95. One point to Nathan. Good job, Nathan. All right. (laughs) Moving on. We've got game number two here, Bioshock 2. Nathan, I'll give you the first chance to go this time. What do you think the Metacritic score for Bioshock 2 is?
2: I'm going to say,
0: like, 81. Goes with 81. Vincent,
1: Um, what is the score? Yeah, I'm thinking for Bioshock 2, this is probably a Metacritic score of, uh, I'm going to say, 79.
0: 79 all right the Bioshock's Bioshock 2 Metacritic score is 88 whoa really 88 yeah, yeah I know I think it's a game that um is like uh I think it's scored better than we remember it for sure son of a gun so I thought that was a really fun pick that's two points for Nathan so far um we're moving right along to our third game Third game is South Park, the Stick of Truth. Vince, it is your turn to go first again. What do you think the Metacritic score is for South Park, the Stick of Truth? Oh, geez.
1: Um, oh, South Park, the Stick of Truth? Metacritic? I think it is actually 81. It
0: goes with 81. All yeah. right. And Nathan, what are you going to guess? Man, I wish you would have asked the sequel,
2: because I know for a fact the sequel says <laughs> 79 so i'm gonna go with 82.
1: Ooh, he just price of you <laughs> are you kidding me how do you feel about that vince i feel like i'm about to drive over to nathan's house and redacted <laughs> the south park the stick of
0: truth is sitting at 85. damn Nathan, with all of the points so far, Vince, I got one for you here, but I'll let Nathan go first again. Our next game is Control. Nathan, what is the Metacritic score for Control? 89. 89, he goes with. Vincent, what are your thoughts?
1: 88. 88? Now... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one. Uh, the Metacritic score is one. <laughs>
0: okay. All right, Vince changes. I'm gonna give you that. Uh, the Metacritic score for Control is 82. Wow. So that
2: that uh, is surpri- surprisingly
0: <laughs> low. I think. I think all of us were much higher on that game. And in retrospect, I think that game, uh. We'll probably score higher from everybody at this point, but that does mean that Vince breaks onto the board with his first point. Because I did Price is Right you, Nathan. (laughs) He he got you right back. Price is Right rules. All right. Uh, We've got another game here, and uh, we'll just do a few more. He's got a a bit of a, a longer list, but we're running short on time, but we can get a couple more in here. Next game, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. This is the follow-up to Mirror's Edge, and it uh, was not reviewed quite as highly as I think they would have liked. Nathan... No, we did Nathan first last time. Vince, what is your guess for the Metacritic score for Mirror's Edge Catalyst?
1: Honestly, Mirror's Edge Catalyst... uh, EA... I'm gonna say it got a 64? 64.
0: Nathan... What do you think this game lies? Sixty-nine. Nice. Mirror's Edge Catalyst is exactly sixty-nine. Oh my god! <laughs> Very <laughs> nice, Nathan. Very Coming good. Through. Call. <laughs> Coming through. Coming through. All this is right. Agony for me. <laughs> uh I'm not sure keeping score matters at this point, but Vince, I'm oh, gonna Oh, it you... <laughs> matters. <laughs> <laughs> it matters for Nathan. Vince, I'm mm-hmm. gonna give you one more shot here. All right. Uh all right. we'll we'll call this one our last one. Mass Effect two.
1: Mass Effect two. Oh god. Um a me- current Metacritic score, probably a ninety six. Okay, and Nathan. <laughs> 95 is that 95? what you're gonna say uh, I'm yeah gonna say 95.
0: okay all right mass effect 2 is exactly a 96 way to go oh, Vincent. Oh, yeah that, that is a good my... call that is a good call
1: oh i was about to pierce my nose with this pac-man <laughs> squishy if i didn't get it <laughs>
0: So, Nathan, you will be the one joining me in the finals round, but a good effort from Vincent all around. Applause for both of you.
1: It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks, Robert.
0: (laughs) Um, Great question, great game. Thank you for all of those community questions. Um, But that's pretty much going to wrap things up for this episode of the Hardcore Gamers Show. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss our February Game Club episode on Dodgeball Academia. And be on the lookout for another hardcore half hour dropping mid month. Join us on Discord to talk all things video games or send us your thoughts to hgzgameclub at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at sensei underscore dank, Vincent is at hillion underscore himbo, and Nathan is at nathan underscore loodle. That's N A T H E N underscore L U D A H L. Finally, do us a favor tell a friend about the show podcasts grow by word of mouth and if you know another hardcore gamer tell them about this show tell them they can get it wherever they already listen to podcasts it's a show for gamers made by gamers we're welcoming to newcomers and we'd love to have them be a part of the community until next time thank you nathan thank you vincent my name is michael koval this has been the hardcore gamer show gamers out